welcome to the Cultivating Calmness podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Vance, and today we're going to be talking about anticipatory grief. We're going to finish out Children's Grief Awareness Month with the topic of um, anticipatory grief. And tomorrow, the Thursday, November 30th, ends uh, the month of Children's Grief Awareness. So wanted to maybe talk a little more personally. I know last week I spoke about some things that you could do over the holidays. So hopefully if anybody um, checked into that podcast and you heard some of those examples, maybe you thought about using some of them during your Thanksgiving meal or time spent together with family, but you can always use those for any holiday or any moment in time that you wish to use them um, to remember or celebrate somebody that you are missing. And uh, hopefully those come in handy for you. And over time, I will gladly share more exercises and more activities for you and your families to use. But today again, um, I wanna talk about what anticipatory grief is. So it is exactly what it sounds like in the name. You know, it's an anticipation of someone's death if we're talking about um, loss through death. Now. We can anticipate there is grief of all kinds. It doesn't just have to be related to someone dying. So we can experience grief for any changes or losses that we might have in our life. Some examples of that might be divorce, whether you're a child whose parents are divorcing or you yourself who are divorcing. Um, moving, changing schools, losing a friend, you know, maybe a friend moves away even you know, moving just from one house to another. It doesn't even have to leave the community, but even those big moves where you're leaving the community you've been living in um, can be huge. Losing your support network, um, you having arguments with family or friends where you have that loss of that relationship, whether it's a short-term experience or you know a long-term experience. So anticipatory grief can be uh, can show up in many different ways. Again, not specifically or just uh, related to someone dying or anticipating, um, or uh, excuse me, grief can happen for all those reasons, but anticipatory grief is just when we expect that thing to happen. And so any of the things that I mentioned uh, could be, we could anticipate in some way, shape or form along with many others, you know, job loss. Um, you know, I think we never hope to lose our job, but sometimes even just planning to leave a job, uh, quit a job can be a loss, um, whether it was for good reasons or not good reasons. So anticipating the loss of something is what anticipatory grief is. It's those things we're preparing for as we get ready for the eventual loss of that person or that thing or that job, etc. Um, and so there are many things that people can do when they anticipate the loss. We'll just say you have a family member, family member dying. So in my case, um, my mom had cancer and she was, um, now my recollection and what I have learned over time, uh, I think it was about a little over a year from the time she was diagnosed to the time that she died and they did a lot of things to try to uh, save her and eventually realized that that was not going to happen. And so as they realized that, my mom did things to anticipate and prepare for 
her eventual death. Um, and then she did a lot of things to help us, her children, myself, and my two siblings, um, prepare for her leaving, uh, dying, excuse me. And uh, she had several of her own siblings and her parents and friends. And so I'm sure there are things that she did that I'm unaware of, but I know there are many things that she did, our family did to help protect us and to help um, support us because we were going to, uh, because our mom was going to die. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest things I hold near and dear to me is, um, uh, that, you know, because my mom knew she was dying, she prepared birthday cards, um, special like celebration cards for us, um, my siblings and I, for all future or many of our future birthdays up until a certain point. And it was my understanding that she had wanted to prepare cards um, further out than she did um, and that she just got too sick to be able to continue writing the cards. Um, so I think my last birthday card was my 18th birthday. Uh, I haven't pulled them out and looked at them in a while. I may have a graduation card, um, but that's it. Uh, but that's a lot. I, I was seven when she died, so I have birthday cards for most of those years from eight to 18. Um, it was every year up until a certain point, and then it was, I think, big birthdays. So I think I had every birthday until 13. And then I had uh, the big birthdays, 16 and 18. And they were special. You know, the cards themselves were cards from the store. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if she picked them out herself or if uh, my family members picked them out. But she wrote individual notes in each of them. And I know there are messages in my siblings' cards that they find um, particular me particularly meaningful to them. My sister took one of the messages and had it tattooed on herself. Um, and uh, there was one card in particular, it was my 10th birthday. And the way the story goes, I really wanted a sleepover birthday party for my 10th birthday. Never had a sleepover and I really wanted one. And my dad and my grandma didn't think that I should have one, um, but they eventually decided to let me have the sleepover birthday party. And then it was after, I believe it was after the birthday party. It could have been before, I don't recall. Um, my dad always pulled out the card that we were supposed to get and he would, um, he would read them beforehand to, you know, I guess be prepared and, and help us be prepared to read them and if he needed to help us read them. And in the card, my mom had written that she hoped that I had a, a wonderful time at my sleepover. And from what my dad says, this was not something he knew she had written. Uh, this was not something that um, anybody knew she had written in the card. And so the fact that they had changed their minds and decided to let me have that sleepover, that's a, just a very special moment um, that you know I will always remember. And so I have those cards safely stored away in a Ziploc bag and a waterproof, fireproof safe because um, those are some of the last things that my mom specifically did and gave to me. Um, there was, uh, before she died, another thing that she did was to give us each um, a gift. So she had a picture of her uh, framed for each of us 
and then picked out a music box for each of us um, to remember her. And my music box was an angel and it had some like butterflies on the angel and one of the butterflies was broken, uh, maybe two. Um, since then, more pieces have broken off of it. Um, but you know, they had asked me, I could pick a new one. They would take me to the store and pick a new one uh, because this was the only one left um, of this kind. And they thought that I would like it, but I was free to pick another one if I wanted. And well, I didn't want to pick another one because this was the one that my mom was giving me and I didn't want another one. So I've always kept that and I've had to, you know, broken and repaired it several times. And uh, I think it, it still needs repaired as we speak. But again, that is another thing that I will always cherish and keep that she has given me. So these were all things that were done in preparation for her not uh, being around. Um, and those were very special moments. I don't know if, you know, she was ahead of the game. I don't know who gave her the idea to write the cards, if that was her idea, or if she got that from, you know, the hospice program she was in. I have no idea. I've only ever heard of, um, uh, you know, a couple other people um, doing that. There was, there was, I think there was a celebrity I saw, um, there was a movie maybe where that was the case where the mom had written letters to the daughter and um you know that just seemed very special to me because that's what my mom did and um you know, having something of hers that she prepared and gave to us um is something that we cherish i know i cherish i guess i can't speak for my siblings but uh, those are things if you know you unfortunately have somebody in your life who is preparing to die, being able to have those moments and things that they can cherish and, and save um, of you um, or of that person for children, adult children, young children, to be able to remember them by. And now we have a lot more things like that available to us. When my mom died, they didn't do a lot of the, even the after death, um, memorial things such as like fingerprints and lip prints and hair cutting and you know, saving those um you know so now we do that that's a standard where they take i think the handprints fingerprints of your deceased loved ones so that you can make things out of them there's all kinds of things you can make from people's um you know fingerprints and things like that so there's all kinds of like books out there now, questions you would ask your mom or your dad or your grandparents so that you can um, document, you know, get answers to questions. I would recommend, you know, doing that if you know that somebody you care about is dying. Um, you're trying to get some of those simple questions answered as well as some of the big deeper questions answered because you know they're not going to be there to ask those questions later and i know personally that there are questions that i would love to know um and answer uh, have my mom answer for me but you know i'm never going to find those things out unless she wrote them down somewhere that i've yet to find um or told somebody something everything i've learned is um, secondhand, thirdhand, you know, from somebody else who knew my mom and what they recall and what they remember. Um, and sometimes those are guesses, you know, like, what's your favorite color? You know, I don't know that anybody knows her favorite color. For me, you know, if somebody asks what my favorite color is, most people know what my favorite color is, and it's pretty obvious. And you may be able to tell just by, if you're looking at this video, you may be able to tell by looking at this video. Um, but, 
um, you know, doing fun things together, uh, having moments to share, pictures taken with your loved ones. So that was another thing that our family did. Uh, again, I don't, I'm not too clear on the timeline. It was, I think about two weeks maybe before she died. Um, our whole family came into town. Um, so I think there were only a couple families that lived outside of town. They came into town um, and we took family pictures in our home. A family friend photographer came and all of us took pictures with my mom. And so my mom is very clearly very sick, um, you know, is very thin. She has a wig on, um, but those were pictures that we got um, because those are gonna be the last pictures that she was going to be able to be in. And so, um, she had some with all the family, all of her brothers and sisters and parents and um, like my great grandma. And then she had some with us individually as um, kids. So I have individual photos with her with like fun outfits with um, we're Polish. And um, two or three months before my mom died, she took a trip to Poland again, knowing that she wasn't going to be around. She um, took the family trip to visit our family in Poland, which she had never done and was able to see the different sites and, um, you know, see where she, you know, her, where she came from. And I know that was a very special moment for her. So she had, um, Polish outfits that uh, she brought back and all of us wore our Polish outfits in some of those pictures with her. So moments of, um, where we can, where you can remember your loved ones. Some people take trips, some people will create stories or um, some kind of art. You know, there's these molds now where you can take a mold of your hand um, or multiple people's hands, you know, holding hands. Sometimes, you know, that may be very special for you um, or for your family. It's whatever is special or whatever you think is appropriate for you and your family um, as you anticipate the death of someone you love and, um, you know, or uh, again, any change, as I mentioned in the beginning, moving, uh, changing jobs, if there's something that you want or need to commemorate that experience for you, then, then do it. That's for you to remember that, um, you know, decide you're talking with your loved one. Again, if this is an adult conversation, you may have more serious conversations. Um, if it's with children, right, those may not feel as serious, but they're going to be equally as important for them. Now, you know, it's a lot easier to have recorded videos and messages than it was when I was little. So I don't have very many videos or recordings of, you know, what my mom sounded like um, or, um, you know, I guess like what she looked like other than in pictures. So the very few that um, I have are you know, cherished. So now you have the ability to do that more readily and easily. So I know people who will save voicemails because those are the last remnants of their loved one that they have. So if you are prepared and you know that someone is dying and they're not going to be here making the choice and being able to choose, you know, what you want to do for them or with them or for yourself, um, may help you in your grieving as, they, um, as they leave this world and you stay here and you will have something to remember them by, uh, along with all the memories that you already had of them. Um, but just those purposeful acts and those things that you choose to do related to your loved one, um, as they, um, as you know, they are, are not going to be here anymore. So there are a lot of hospice programs 
around the country that also assist with these types of um, endeavors, you know, to remember your loved one and support you and your family as your loved one is dying. So I would strongly encourage you to look into those programs if you have the ability to do so. And many grief uh, programs throughout the country, you know, the National Alliance for Children's Grief is a, is a big one and then many others associated with them who um, have many um, resources for you to use if you so choose. So thank you for joining me this month for uh, Children's Grief Awareness Month and today for our talk on anticipatory grief and sharing a little bit about my experience and some of the ways that my mom was able to prepare us for her death. And hopefully you can use that um, to just spread awareness. And um, if you happen to need some of that information in the future, uh, hopefully this is a comfort to you. Have a wonderful day and I will talk to you next week.